today's episode, we talk about how one coach overcame very tough adversity off the field to get back on the field as a player and now teach his players how to overcome adversity. And joining me to discuss that is the offensive line coach at Northwood University, Coach Arthur Ray. Coach, it's great to have you here. It's great to be on, man. I thank you for having me. So, Coach, uh, your story really leading up to to coaching starts with uh, you being diagnosed with a, a rare form of cancer when you were 17 years old. Yep. Tell us about that story. I know you shared it with me before we got going, but you were, I know, playing for legendary high school coach Frank Lenti at, at Mount Carmel, and um, you find out, you know, as you're, you're playing that you have this rare form of cancer in your shin. Yeah. So it's a, it was a, it was a whirlwind, man. You know, I actually, I, the, the crazy thing is I got hurt in the around playoff time and, and that I had a lump on my shin, that lump on my shin ended up being a bone tumor. I had no idea. So I finished the playoffs and finished the rest of the season. Um, it wasn't until, it wasn't until about a week before a week before signing day, actually, you know, before I was about to sign with Michigan State, um, I was going up the stairs at Mount Carmel, and I and I and my leg was really bothering me. So my dad finally took me in to get it checked out. Uh, of course, I got some X-rays and all of that. Then got the biopsy back, and it was it was to my surprise, bone tumor, bone cancer. You know, uh, you know what ended up happening after that? I called Coach D'Antonio and the staff from Michigan State immediately. You know, he he put his arm around me. You know, he did a he did something that I don't I'm not sure a lot of coaches across the country would have. He kept me on scholarship. I I signed my national letter of intent with Michigan State, and then I I immediately began chemotherapy that next week. So I went from you know accomplishing everything I wanted to accomplish to you know on on the sixth floor, the pediatric floor of UIC Hospital in Chicago. So it was a whirlwind of emotions, man. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely was uh, definitely was tough for me. So you went through a, a year of chemo, uh, but you were able to find your way back out onto the field and, and play the game you love. Yes, yes. Uh, blessed by God, man. It took me four years. Took me four years to come back. I spent two of those years on, on Michigan State's campus on crutches. I was hopping around campus for two years. By the grace of God, uh, 2010, the doctors cleared me to walk, so I walked for an entire year. You know, of course, uh, I'm I'm doing everything as a as a player. It was like I had two red shirt years. I'm lifting, working out. I'm showing up to the meeting room. You know, I'm soaking all all of that stuff in. I not that I on hindsight, that's what made me. Uh, such a good coach now I guess you know just uh, the, the details you know I learned from a coach Roshar Dan Roshar offensive line coach for the New Orleans Saints he's um he, he's a he's a great mentor for me he was my coach at Michigan State but uh, even bigger than that you know uh, as the doctor was going through my chemotherapy plan for the future you know coach Roshar he, he stood he stood right there in the hospital with me so we got a very strong relationship but um 2011 I got cleared finally um Walked back on the field for spring ball, participated in uh, probably ten practices of the fifteen, and I was back, man. You know, I was uh, I was back. I was able to. I played in in, in three games that year. Uh, I started uh, against Youngstown State because my my guy Joel Foreman, who was he he had the he had the Michigan State starts record. You know, he gave up his spot so I could play, and uh, me and him were good friends. If I had came to Michigan State on time, he would have been my roommate. So you know, a lot a lot of good times. It was definitely a a rough and long journey. Uh, the the fun fact that a lot of people don't know is 
from 2007 to 2009, I, I went through nine surgeries. So that was the, that was the biggest thing. You know, I went through nine surgeries. I was back and forth from East Lansing to Chicago. I had a complication from this surgery and that. So it was a lot of, a lot of adversary, a lot of, um, a lot of mental, mental turmoil, man. But, uh, but we got through it. But that wasn't the end of, of football for you. You were able to get back out on the field and play and uh, even made it uh, to the league for a little while. Yep, yep, definitely. So you're right, Dad. Uh, after I played in 2011 at Michigan State, I got my degree in 2012. Got my degree in communications, and I transferred to a small school in the middle of the mountains, uh, Durango, Colorado, Fort Lewis College. I, uh, I was, I, it was a new, new breath of fresh air for me. You know, I, I was feeling healthy. I had a year of playing under my belt, you know, at state and practicing. So my body was getting back to that state. And, uh, you know, I went down there to Fort Lewis and I got voted a team captain by my peers. And uh, I had two great seasons out there. You know, I was uh, ended up my senior year. I was Division, division Two All-American. And, um, you know, I made the All-RMAC team that year as well. And, uh, you know, I, I first – that's when I first realized that, you know, maybe maybe my dreams of playing at the, the highest level could still come true. Um, so I, I ultimately ended up signing an undrafted free agent contract with the Miami Dolphins for Coach Philbin in 2015. And uh, I stayed down there for a year. And then yeah, I got, got cut. And then in uh, 2016, you know, I found myself, I was in my parents' basement in Chicago uh, trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And, uh, you know, what's funny, uh, Dan Rochar, he had told me two years prior, he said, uh, he said, I think you should go GA and, uh, and be a coach. And you know me, I was, I'm stubborn and I had, I worked so hard. I, I was uh, trying to get back to becoming myself as a player, but he, he always knew I'd become a coach. And that's ultimately what I did in 2016. So you had some great people along the way. You mentioned coach, coach D'Antonio. Uh, you mentioned coach Rochard. You mentioned uh, Joe Philbin. All great offensive line coaches, too, along the way. Uh, so now that's your career path. You're an offensive line coach. You know, and, and looking back on all those lessons, I mean, certainly we talked about the adversity you faced as a player. You know, what things that those guys taught you and, and those mentors along the way, even going back to Coach Lenti, uh, are yep. things that became part of your coaching philosophy now. Uh, that's perfect. I, I learned something, something different from all those guys. Coach, Coach Linty taught me toughness. He taught me that, uh, that some things in life aren't going to be fair, but that don't mean, that don't mean you need to fold. You know, I learned a lot of life lessons at Mount Carmel that, uh, me, I think that even sometimes I, I don't think I was ready for it at that age, but I, but I, I noticed that, you know, my, my dad had always told me, you know, about sports being very subjective. And, you know, he used to always say sports is subjective. It's based on another man's opinion. You know, so he always just told me to continue to put my head down and, and, and how hard I had to work and everything. And that just got got put on times 30 once I met Coach Frank, you know. Um, so my time at Mount Carmel was good. And, uh, you know, I, I, I feel like I found my aggression level on the field. Once I got to Michigan State, Coach Rochard is a true teacher, true technician, so detail-oriented. You know, I think that you you could tell he's my mentor when when I watch film with my guys because I just remember sitting in the film room with Coach Rochard. We must have watched him play eight times, and he kept rewinding it, kept rewinding it, going over the steps, going. I mean, and this you know this is after 
after we had a positive play or, you know, after uh, we had a good game. Coach Rashard is so detail-oriented. You know, uh, I, I remember him game planning. He was game planning Penn State, and he brought up a blitz that they hadn't ran in two years. But he said, hey, guys, you know, this defensive coordinator, you know, he ran this blitz two years ago. So, hey, you know, we, we got to prepare for it. And I'm sitting in the back, a young, wide-eyed freshman, like, what? You know, <laughs> it's just uh, – the you know being he he taught me how to he taught me how to focus in on everything and and how how important the, the little meticulous details were you know coach d coach d was stern man he's a great leader great man you know he taught me he told me one thing he coach d came to see me a day after um a day after my surgery ended and he said that uh he said arthur once you step up once you stand up and get through this you know you you're going to be you're going to be so above the BS, you're going to be a leader. You know, you know, he, he always told me that I'd, I'd, I'd be a leader of men and um, that, I, that I, would, I would, once I finished up going through everything with my cancer, that I've had, I'd have a, a new outlook on life. And he, he never lied with that. You know, I feel like I, I see life different than most people. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely thank him for that. He's a good friend and mentor as well. Coach Philbin, Coach Philbin, you know, he reminded me, he's an offensive line coach to the core. Uh, you know, it's a lot of a lot of jokes with him, and he reminded me a lot of Roshar, a lot of Roshar. You know, offensive line coaches are sort of sort of one and the same now. You know, he's, he was um he was stern, but he was uh he was detail oriented. You know, just just focused on. He never let us slip up on the little things, especially during that year. Well, extending that forward, and and now you know you're a, a coach at the college level at Northwood, and for you. You told me it's important that the mental side is coached. And, you know, mental, I mean, you went through a lot physically there. You talked about nine surgeries, but, you know, right. you don't get through that and ultimately end up doing what you did, as you said, being uh, a D2 All-American and, and uh, being able to make it to the league, um, in, you know, for, for a little while there uh, without being tough mentally as well. And you you emphasize to your players Something very important to you that you know it's it's about the mental side of the game. You you mentioned to me that you kind of harp on that more than anything in coaching them up on the mental side of the game. Talk to us about uh, exactly the things that are important to you there. Man, it's just the the one number one. What offensive line play is mentality. You got to have pride. You got to wanna. You gotta you gotta love the grit and the grind of, of what it takes to be an offensive lineman. That's that's probably that's something day one in terms of coaching philosophy that I I like to share in my room. You know you gotta you gotta want to put your hand in the dirt and and bang play in and play out and you know and, and physically move a man from point A to point B and you know different things like that. That's the that's the beginning phases of it. But then you know what I what I talked about with my guys. I say everybody tells you to work hard. And they prepare you for the success, but what happens with the failure? Most guys don't get prepared for the failure and, and how to how to recover from it. You know, other than and offensive line, offensive line is a position of is a is a position of repetition. It's a position of details, and it's a position of failure. The good ones, the good ones weren't good at one point in time. They had to work, 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 and fail until they were good. So I always harp on, you know, the different times in my journey. Like I I associate. I tell my guys, I said, guys, I was on crutches for two years. Everybody told me to quit, including the doctors. You know, the people in my family are like, are you really going to come back? Are you really going to play? I never, I never didn't see myself 
not playing his game again, you know? So I, I talked to him about visualization. You know, I talked to him about playing the game before it happens. See yourself completing those, that, that step on that power. If you're a guard on that deuce block, I got to get that trigger step, pick it up, put it down, get that second step down. We're going to double team that guy to the linebacker. My tackle and my aiming point is that hip. I hit that hip. I'm moving anybody. You know what I'm saying? It's just a, I teach them to visualize those things. But then more importantly, it's, it's after we had a, have a good drive or a bad drive, not getting too high or too low. I train them guys to be neutral. I tell them that, you know, I always, I always saw who I wanted to become. So I tell them, I challenge them to do that as players. You know, you you always got to see the the player that you want to become, and you got to mimic the you got to mimic the the daily habits of what that player looks like. If you want to become an All American, or oh, you know that you got to be correct with those steps, you got to be diligent in the the film study, you gotta you gotta do things the correct way. So you know, I, I talk to them a lot about that, and then really the biggest thing is is overcoming the failures and not getting so low with them. You know, a lot of time the guys, you know, you 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 got to think about it. The most time you hear offensive linemen name is a holding calls, you know, you're giving up sacks is really for the negative. So training those guys to overcome that. Training those guys, hey, the defense the defense had a better series than us. You know, they sent the blitz, they got through, it worked. Maybe we saw it all week. Maybe it was something new. You know what I'm saying? Just being able to overcome that and then how how football is, is a lot like life. You know, when when different things come in the mix and it sort of comes and it's unplanned, you know, it's how you respond is gonna dictate the type of person you are, type of man you are. Coach, when you look at what you're doing in your room, you mentioned to me that the confidence is such an important part. Um, yep. And in order to do that, you said to me that, you know, you make it so that failure isn't necessarily the worst thing. Talk to us about how you build that confidence in your players and, and have a room where they're comfortable, even when they make mistakes, that they understand they're learning. Talk to us about how you do that. Well, I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, I give them everything. You know, I give them all the answers to the test so that now when they get out there, and I think that's, that's more of me, that's me knowing that, hey, I always tell them, guys, I can't play on Saturday. I'd love to. I'd love to run out there and buckle it up with you guys one more time, but I can't play. So I'm going to give you all the answers to the test so that when something happens, you can solve it for yourself. You know, I, I instill that confidence in them by working harder on my end, on the back end, to make sure that they got all the information that they need. And another thing is, you know, as we, as we know, you know, as all, every offensive line coach is, you got to be detail-oriented. But the, the biggest thing I learned up here at Northwood is, is as technical as I was, because all of the guys said it, they said, man, Coach, you – you such a stickler on technique. You harping on my technique. You grading every step. You know, even if I block the guy, I say, yeah, because I'm preparing you before the elite of elite. I want you to be able to block that. You know, to block this guy in the GLIAC. And and if uh, you know, if Nick Saban in Alabama rolled in town, hey, it's the same step, baby. Same step, same mindset. We were coming off the ball hard, fast, physical. You know, and nothing changes. So it's just that. It's just the, the, the mental repetition, the physical repetition that is offensive line play, the meticulousness. And then when they don't do it right, I'm not, I'm not burying them. You know, I'm on them, though. It's definitely a standard in the room that, that we go, that I'm going to be on them. You know, I'm a, like I say, coach them hard, love them hard. But at the same time, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, you know, I don't create a space where failing is, is the absolute worst or the guys can't grow from it. Because I know, you know, we, we, like I said, you you watch a 
you watch tape of a good player, you know, it was a point it was a point in his time as a player that he it didn't look like that, but he kept working. He stayed he stayed diligent, he stayed focused in, locked in. We will, normally especially with my young guys cuz I you know they're swimming anyway. They're a college football player for the first time. They don't really know what it's like. I give them one thing to focus on. And even some of my older guys that you know that the guys that have the guys that have success, I challenge them. I challenge them to master it to get to a point where they can teach it, you know, to to get to a point where I can give them even more. And then uh, my young guys, we focus on one thing today. I need you, I need your hands better today. That's why I tell my, my, my young guy, Cody, from, from Georgia, I need that footwork better today. My, my guy, Griff, from, from the middle of Michigan. You know what I'm saying? So it's just a, we, we pick little things to focus on, and I create a space where, hey, you fail, it's all right, man. Coach going to be there to pick you back up. But, hey, we going we gonna to get it right. And we got the mindset of, hey, I didn't, I ain't get off crutches when I wanted to. I ain't quit, you know. Uh, and then when I finally did get off crutches, I wasn't moving like the old Arthur that I knew. But you know, I, but consistent daily work and consistent daily focus, I finally got back there. So that's what I try to create that type of environment for my guys. So, coach, in emphasizing the attention to detail, some of that starts with you. In, in being very detail-oriented and about yep. how you're going to train these guys and w- yep. with the equipment you train them with. And you and I were talking a little bit before we got going um, about this exact idea. And tell us exactly your philosophy on, on training and the things that you like to use as far as the equipment you're training these guys with. Yeah, well, see, with just my whole philosophy on training, you know, I – uh, everything offensive line play wise, I want to do realistic movement, realistic drills. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not just going, you know, do something that because I think it looks cool. You know, I played the position, got a lot of love and respect, and I was around a lot of great coaches. So everything I do, I want it to translate. I literally want someone who, oh, you know, like, oh, okay, I can see your lineman doing that movement or going through that drill or different things like that. In terms of the equipment. You know, I'm a big component for uh, med balls. You know, I like med balls. So smaller target, smaller surface. Uh, the guys got to focus their eyes more on, on hitting that smaller target, and it's just a lot more realistic to me. You know, in terms of that, the shields, hand shields, some of the hand shields are just way too wide, you know, because as O-line coaches, we teach our guys tight elbows, you know, keeping your hands inside and, you know, minimizing minimize and holding penalties we don't want guys to grab and different things like that so you got to train them that way you know so that's why I, I like the i like the slam balls or the med balls as people will call them you know just um those that's more realistic it's more realistic to the the body the body type and the size of the target that we will hit with uh you know going against the defensive lineman i think and it, and it teaches it goes hand in hand with everything I'm teaching. So now if a guy's hand isn't hitting the med ball, now you know what's wrong. You know, I feel like a guy can, you know, his hands can miss by a mile, but he's still going to hit that shield. So, you know, that's just not realistic to me. And I think that uh, offensive line is too much of a position of habit, you know, so meaning that, you know, the guys, if they, if you get them hitting those wide shields, then you can't be upset if they're grabbing guys or not hitting inside underneath the shoulder pads where you want them to once the game because you got to look at how you train them. So that that's the correlation I always use, and that's why I'm I'm a firm believer in, in utilizing med balls. Yeah, the the wide flat shields make for wide hands if you train it over yeah. and over, and, yep. and you know it's one of those things I told you at the Division three level. You know you you can't you don't have equipment on 
in the spring, right? You have right. those shields, and and I ran in the same issues too. At one school, we we did exactly as you did. Um, we utilized the med balls and uh, the the padded med balls, right? So they're they're right. e- easier yep. on the hands. Those hard ones aren't aren't so good, but the uh, right. the bigger padded med balls. Uh, and then the other thing I did, I mentioned to you when I only had those flat shields, we didn't have med balls as I went to the equipment manager and uh, our players couldn't wear shoulder pads, but those shields could. So we, we strapped the shield up with uh, shoulder pads and at least got some of that surface that was more realistic. But um, ultimately it is about that realistic part of it too. And uh, I think you've emphasized the use of the eyes. So talk to us about how you know, the, the med balls and then the eyes kind of work together with how you start to train these guys on the specific details of their different techniques. Oh, yeah. I think, I think like I had mentioned to you before, I think eyes are the most under-trained, under-trained part of striking, especially when it, when it either comes to run or pass, especially in pass, especially because you got guys, different coaches focus on independent hands or, you know, for the tackles who want to strike that outside pack or that outside number, that outside shoulder, and then with my inside hand, I want to strike the bicep area. So it's like, okay, what what cues are you using and what tools are you using to train that, actually? And that's where the med ball, I think, has been real crucial for me. I, I use it when uh, focusing on – because center center's my favorite spot. It's a spot that I played. I played all five throughout my career, but I think center is my favorite spot. So I like utilizing – when we work in offhand work, putting that med ball like right over that offhand. So so now I'm getting my centers used to they seeing and I, I compare it to I said all this med ball is this is that big three hundred and thirty pound nose guard that's breathing hard, that's ready to run through you to sack the quarterback. You know, and I, I just think about I talk to them about I give them cues and the med ball being as small as it is, it gives them a set target. It almost like training your guys for striking as if they're boxers. You know, that's what I equate it to, especially on the pass protection stuff and when I work independent hands. Like, I really, really, truly believe in that, you know, especially when if I got my tackle and we work in striking that upfield shoulder, we put the med ball on that upfield shoulder and we walk. So now we, we marry the feet with the hands. You're getting that, getting that hand-feet harmony, as I say, with the coordination and everything. And then we go to the inside. And then just uh, just being able to train those eyes, train those targets, because especially with the – with punch timing and everything, a lot of guys they don't hit they don't hit where they're supposed to because they don't see it, you know. So I think that that's a that's a big deal, you know, in terms of uh, working with striking and having that eye control. Coach, I know the other thing you like to focus on, especially when it comes to pass protection, is the the posture, right? Uh, yep. There there definitely are things you have to coach up and put your guys in the right position or or they're losing right from the get-go. Talk to us about the things that you like to teach as far as posture, uh, especially when it comes to pass protection. Oh, yeah. Well, see, I I utilize the med ball there, and and really it's just a guide when I do my posture drills for my guys. It's all about, especially when we're speaking more so about pass pro, just being in proper posture, you know, having our – being able to sit down, not being a waist bender, not having our chest leaning over ourselves because we then we're going to be leaners when we punch. Being able to sit down, chest sticking out, we got a nice arch in our back, and then you know we can we can we can move freely with our feet without leaning and without overextending on our punch. You know, so the the posture side of it is huge, and it, it works. You know, I give you example when you know the the offensive lineman has to transition. You really see the posture 
when a guy punches and when he has to transition. And that's when, when you sort of can range, is a guy athletic enough? Is he athletic enough to maintain that pad level, that knee being while he's moving? And, you know, is he, is he patient enough with his, with his punch where every time he punch, he isn't overextended. He isn't a waist, a waist bender, you know, as, as the, as the old school coaches would call them. Right. So, you know, it's just a, it's just the different things that we like to focus on with the med balls. We, I put the med ball in the middle of our guy, have them put that down hand on the top of it. And that opposite hand is up so we can strike. And then I really work posture on that. And then another thing that we add to it is we work the stabilization. You know, everybody works the sets, sets, sets. But when you stop, what do you train your guys? And when you, when your guys do stop setting or they stop moving their feet, are they in good position to be able to stop a bull rush or to stop a fast push pull, just different things like that. Those are the, the different techniques that I, I harp on our guys and how posture plays a main focus when we talk about pass protection. What are the keys for you in coaching up how to stop the bull rush? Oh, now that, that that's a, that's a good one because I know coaches teach this differently. Um, really, really, uh, like I had mentioned earlier, I'm a big proponent of the anchor, of anchoring down, anchoring down, rolling those hips underneath you. And it, it just, it makes sense to me just because, you know, you get a guy rushing you directly on head on center and that weight's going through you. You anchor down, roll your hips underneath you. Now that weight's all going up. It's very similar. It's actually the exact thing as, the, as, as, as our guy, you know, I know your guy, Scott Peters. You know, I, I first saw that, you know, uh, when, when he did it at the AFCA two years ago, but I always liked that better as a player than the hop, hop, sit technique. When I hopped, I just felt like my feet were off the ground and I didn't feel in control, especially when you're going against a, a big, heavy, strong guy. He already leaning on you. You got to be able to stop that pressure that's on you now. So I just feel like anchoring yourself, you know, that's a huge proponent on that. I work that because that, you know, that, that activates offensive linemen's core. You know, I talk to my guys a lot about core strength, working in the offseason on that core. You, know, you, gotta, you just got to stop that bull rush in the weight room it ain't just technique because, we, you know, we go against some freaks, especially on that defensive line. So, you know, uh, that's one big proponent for me that I teach with the, with the bull. It's, just, it's, it's more anchoring than the hop technique or, you know, the other things that I know some coaches teach. Coach, I have to ask you, what's your favorite run scheme to teach? And when you, you know, you take a look at uh, all things being equal, uh, this is really what I like the most and I feel like we can – you know, start to dominate an opponent with this particular scheme. What is that for you? Oh man, uh, you know, as a as a player, as a player, it was it was power, and I, I like I like teaching. I love teaching power power now as a uh, as a as a coach. It, it just gives you like a, a old school feel when in that gap family teaching that deuce block, the, the deuce, the deuce, the ace of the tray. You know, and uh, little coach Rochar Lingo, but um. You know, uh, I, I, I enjoyed that a lot, especially when I, when I was a player. Now as a coach, you know, I, I, like, I like mastering the zone game, you know, whether it's inside or outside because of the, the, the very the different packages the defenses try to throw at you. And, the, and I feel like zone ball is true offensive line play and, and what it stands for because the zone game, you've got to trust each other. You know, I gotta, I gotta trust that my guards coming with me. I gotta trust my tackles working with me. My feet gotta be underneath me. You know, hey, if the knee goes the way, I gotta ricochet back, back to work vertical. You know, so I, I love the, I love how, 
you know, some coaches to some coaches, his own game can seem so simple to teach, but how complicated it gets once the defense starts moving, you know? So right now that's a, that was a huge component for me. Wanted me to be honest. Uh, my first year at, at Northwood last year, uh, we, we played, we played school in Detroit, Wayne state, and they, they did a lot of movement. They moved a lot, man. They, their defensive line was undersized. They moved a lot. And I and I probably had this phase as every coach has. I'm on the sideline, like, what am I doing? Like, you know, right? You know, I'm sitting there like, man, you're I'm sitting there like, man, I suck as a coach. You know, I called some guys. I was like, man, how are you handling the movement, you know, when it comes to inside outside zone? And it's 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 crazy because, you know, I told I told my guys to slow down, play with their feet more underneath them. And everything like that, and it just and, and it, it's crazy how you know once I stepped away, I stepped away. I didn't assume or think that I knew everything. You know, I was I was willing to willing to learn new things and and take a new perspective, and it, it helped our guys out. But which is crazy because you know any any coach in America, you know they they feel like they can draw inside and outside zone up. But you know once the once the defense gets to moving and guys ended up in gaps and your offensive line is a little too fast through or a little too slow or he's dragging that backside leg, it really can change the, the whole entire play. So just the intricacies, the inside zone, outside zone, love teaching that and the trust, the trust you got to have in your brother, brother that you're playing next to, man. You know, so I, that's probably what I enjoy the most, probably the play and the scheme I enjoy the most installing now. So, Coach, uh, the, the movement part, I, I agree with you. That's always the toughest thing. The teams that move are, are going to be the most challenging yep. ones for you. Uh, and you, you mentioned a very good coaching point there to be able to slow things down a little bit for your guys. How do you yep. balance that with still getting them to, to play aggressive? And I, I think part of it is it's almost like you coach the running back up, right? Like slow, right, slow right. to the aim point and then accelerate through. So how do you coach that up for the offensive line? Oh well, my guys, it's more so. It's 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 you slowing you slow. I don't want to. If we're preparing for a team that moves a lot, I don't want to be so aggressive where I'm overly aggressive, where I miss the twist, where I miss the stunt. I want to take my steps but keep my feet underneath me. So that way, I still have them playing aggressively, but we're you know so we're not playing passive where we're getting hit in the chest on the movement. We can still attack it, but I'm like, okay, I know the movement's gonna come. I know it's gonna come. Bang. Now I can right, you know, I can hit them in the mouth. So really it was just a with us I just told my guys because what will happen was, you know, say we, we run an inside zone and I'm running it to that uh, we're running it to the three technique. So my backside tackle, he got that that two wire that shade on his side, so he's taking off, you know, to get to that to get to that uh, that backside inside linebacker on that, not knowing that it's an ET right in front of him. You know what I'm saying? So it's just the teaching those guys to slow down play with their eyes especially when we go against a team with movement and that hey if you guys trust each other and you stay on your track stay on your track we will pick all of this up and we're gonna dance on the sideline once we're in the end zone <laughs> coach I, I know you've put some of this together especially with the med balls I was able to um, take a look at your course on coach tube and um, some really good stuff there but uh, I guess just walk us through What's available for coaches uh, on that course you put together on using med balls for offensive linemen? Oh, perfect, perfect. What's available is a, a multitude of different different drills with utilizing a med ball that can take your offensive line to the next level. It trains all those things that we talked about. It focuses on the posture. I go over the posture series, then I go over the strike series, the different strikes 
for your guys that work in that offhand movement when you're a center, and as well as working the anchor step with it, uh, working those those independent hands when you're a tackle. You know, the independent hands, especially if you like that for your guards as well, just to give you a couple different drills. And then I, I give you some live one-on-one reps of me taking those drills to the field. Like I said, you know, everything I do and, you know, everything that I hopefully the other coaches across the nation are doing, just make sure it translates, fellas. You know, just uh, the biggest thing with that, just don't do not do a drill because you, you, it might look good or, or this guy at the highest level is doing it. If you don't believe in it, you know, it's probably not going to work. So, you know, the biggest thing on that, real practical drills, they're real simple. And, uh, you know, it'll give you, a, give you a nice outlet, especially to work in the little things with those with your guys. And I'll put the link to that in our show notes for our listeners. Again, your show notes, you can find them either in your podcast app in the description of the episode or go to coachingcoordinator.com. Coach, uh, for our listeners out there, what areas do you recruit? Oh, I recruit the Chicago area, and uh, I've recruited parts of Ohio and I'm I'm really the main guy for our out of state our out of state players because I'm the recruiting coordinator here at Northwood. So a lot of a lot of the Florida guys, Atlanta, any of the most of the out of state guys come through me first in terms of that. But my primary recruiting area is Chicago. Then that going down 94, that Southwest Michigan area, Bobby. Coach, the final question for you. You know, looking at all the things you do. Uh, as a coach, what's the one thing you do that you feel gives your guys the winning edge? Oh, the one thing that I do that uh, that, that gives my guys the winning edge, I think that um, I think it's just that mentality, man. That, that, that mental. They, my my guys, walk into each and every game knowing that regardless of what happens, the standard is the standard. Whether we up, we up by 70 or we down by 70, the standard is the standard. I say that a lot in our meetings. You know, I, I, I actually, you know, because we had a tough season up here at Northwood last year, so the challenge for me was keeping our guys engaged, keeping our guys that one, one to play for each other and wanting to play at a high level. That was the challenge for me, and, I, you know, that, that, was, that was my way of, of keeping that. You know, I, I always ask our guys to focus on where you want to be and not necessarily where you are. And if you are at the place you want to be, what's the next level after that? Continuously putting goals in front of them and continuously challenging them mentally to, to overcome all the odds in front of them. That's, that's, that's where I think that our guys excel the most. Coach, what's the best way for our listeners to contact you? Oh, guys can uh, contact me on, on via Twitter. They can follow me uh, at CoachLA73. You know, send me questions. I'm always participating on Twitter. Of course, it's a huge recruiting tool, but uh, I love the, the aspect of connecting with coaches talking ball as well, like my, my guys over there at Hog Football Chat. Coach, I really appreciate you taking the time. It was great to uh, hear your story here on the podcast and get into some of the details of what you do. And best of luck to you in Northwood here in 2021. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you again for listening to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. Please, if you are enjoying the podcast, head over to iTunes or Spotify and click five-star for a rate. If you have a minute, write a review. It really helps the podcast. Check out our new home for the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. That's at coachandcoordinator.com. And follow me on Twitter at Coach K. Grabowski.